I'm Adam Banerjee, and this is The Motivation Mike. I'm here today with Jovita Trujillo. She's a writer, actress, and comedian. She also interviews your favorite celebrities with Ola. What up? That was perfect. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, when you got up here, were you like, where am I going? I don't think I've been to Sun Valley um, in years, if I have. Uh, but it was like the chill drive. I'm always going up north. I'm north right now, right? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I'm used to the getting on the two and the five to go I home. Know. All these highways. It's just a lot. Yeah, there is. There's quite a few of them. <laughs> Cool. So, yeah, I mean, just for a little bit of background, we met at Groundlings. Um, it's already been, what, a month and a half? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, I need to sign up for my intermediate classes now before my before my scholarship runs out. Oh, yeah. Does it? Can it run out? Yeah, the diversity scholarships last a year. And, like, my last one already got extended because of COVID. So I'm, like, really playing with fire right now. I oh. think it expires in March. So I need, to, I need to sign up. Yeah, I have an awkward amount left on my account. Like, it's, like, $30 or something. And then you can't... I don't think you can reapply and get a scholarship unless you've used all of the funds. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I'm like, how am I going to, I'm trying to like use this $30, you know? And Sometimes like, they do like, like the little diversity sessions, don't they? And they're like yeah. cheaper, maybe one of those. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Something like kind of like what we did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was a dope workshop. That was so fun. They both flew by super fast. It did. Yeah. Because yeah, it was only like an hour. And I mean, he was really great about trying to get everybody up and give an equal yeah. amount of time. And then we were in the, in the third one together too, I think with yeah. the, I forgot the name of the teacher, but she was really cool too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was good. Nice little workout. Yeah. It'd yeah. been a minute since I had done comedy cause COVID just kind of ruined everything with my sketch group. Oh my God. Um, so it was nice to be there. <laughs> yeah. Are you back with your sketch group now or? Yeah. We actually have a performance on January. We're playing at the San Francisco sketch fest. We're doing two nights of shows over there. And Dang. this was again from COVID. We were supposed to perform there last year. And then they were like, okay, it's still like not good enough yet. So they wow. moved it again. But yeah, we're like rejuvenating some of our old sketches that we've put up. Um, and then we have a 25 minute set both days. And that's the, the cool. sketch group is um, Women of Color Anonymous. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like there's like a whole scene in San Francisco that I know nothing about. Yeah, there, I know there's like a whole comedy acting, everything over there scene too. But yeah, I've never actually put my toes in it or anything. Yeah, either. I've met one or two actors at Groundlings that come down from San Francisco. Like one of them literally flew in for the class. Oh, that's super sick. Yeah. I bet they have some really cool comedy over there. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. Yeah. So let me see. I got a little list going here. So from stalking you, I saw that you're from Northern Cal. That's mm -hmm. cool. Where in No Cal are you from? It's this super small town called Prunedale. Um, oh, okay. Like it's exactly how it sounds. There's no prunes. It's just like this <laughs> tiny town. And it's um, the closest town would be like Salinas. So you have to drive like 20 minutes or so if you wanted to see a movie. And then in my actual town, there's probably like five stoplights and all the kids wow. in like that town and the town next to it all go to one high school. Um, so there's like one high school in that whole area. Um, and you, you, I had like five acres growing up, like you're outside. Um, the people have like llamas and like horses and stuff like it's super small town. Yeah, it sounds like this nook up here a little bit almost because I don't know if you saw, but there's horses and yeah, and actually and it does around. kind of it would be kind of like 
this would be kind of similar to to I mean the closest thing you could get to it. Like there's trees and backyards and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How would you compare where you grew up to LA? I don't know. I I don't even think I could. Um, yeah. I actually I haven't maybe seen enough of like LA's little tiny towns to make a comparison. The only right. thing I could maybe think of is like like Santa Clarita because it's like, you know, there's just so much land and that's what I equate like being home to right, is like right. land and trees and 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 like eucalyptus trees and and I, yeah, I wouldn't really be able to compare it to anywhere in LA except for like maybe like the outskirts when you really get to like oceans or, but even these oceans are so ugly. Like where <laughs> there's like creeks and like rivers, like maybe Topanga Canyon. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you traveled a lot? Is that why you view beach, the beaches here like that? Because for me, after having traveled, like I went to Cuba, Varadero, I was like, oh my God, like white sand, warm ocean. It ruined me. Yeah, so... I've traveled to a lot of places where I have beautiful beaches, but for me, it's like, I really don't like being around people like that. So like I used to go to um, the beaches up North cause we live pretty close to like, like Monterey is pretty close and like Boston Landing is pretty close. So there's always been oceans near me. Yeah. But for me, like a beach experience was like just going with my family, being able to boogie board, like have as much space as I want and like not really be interacting with like another person's tent or like seeing other people all around me. So like going <laughs> to Venice or Santa Monica and like having to be like two feet next to a whole random like group of people, just kind of like, ugh, or like yeah. being that close to people in water i don't know it's like uh I, I just like space when it comes to being at the beach for whatever reason uh but yeah i've been to like a red mexico costa rica dominican republic so in terms of like the actual beauty yeah it's like it's <laughs> you can't compare it and then like i went to the beach once um a year ago and then the next day there was like some huge oil spill so like oh. i know that these beaches are so gross just in general <laughs> yeah i mean from a distance aesthetically they look really nice but yeah. yeah like kind of the experience of going there to chill and swim and everything like that yeah because i actually like going yeah. into the water so i feel like it's just kind of like there's then there's surfers yeah. around you can like not even like have like and then like having like lifeguards all around you like trying to tell you what to do like not being able to bring certain things to the beach that's just like ugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just in Playa del Carmen and that that beach was amazing. Just like that Listerine color water. It was warm, um, just like families and stuff nearby, but not crazy crowded. Yeah. And the prices and stuff is reasonable. Yeah. I'm like if I wasn't acting and doing comedy, I would just live here. I mean, <laughs> it's it, it would be fine. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, Yeah. Are you an ambivert? T tell me what that is. Yeah, I just learned what this is. I know I sound fancy. So it's basically when somebody's like a mix of extrovert and introvert. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm like that with like, I guess with their strangers that I know I'm never going to interact with in my life or like, like, you know, like me and their lives don't matter. Like just random people at the beach. Like I have no interest in like being yeah. around them or like, I don't know. I feel like I'm sounding like I'm rude or something, but like, <laughs> it, but like within parties or, you know, in a group or whatever, I'm very extroverted. Like I like, um, you know, I'm, I'm usually talking to people or being super outgoing or like trying to be funny or whatever, but just like a bunch of strangers in like an area like that. It's just kind of like, Ugh. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's a lot. 
It's a lot. Everybody's got their own thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm like, feel like I'm a part of this, but I don't want to be. Yeah, or you see like men being gross, like looking at like, you know, girls walking <laughs> by when they're with like their wife and their kids. Like that's the type of stuff Shameless. that I'm noticing. Uh-huh. Or, or, and then I'll be like, oh, are they looking at me? Like, and I just think it's like start creating all these stories and like what's <laughs> going on. I think the thing is that I'm always watching people around me and then I'll like find things that I don't like and I'll be like, Ugh. true, true. <laughs> Yeah, it's like life is easier. Like ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah. It's like if you don't look at, look for it or notice it, it's fine. But yeah. Once you're aware, it's like what the hell is going on? Yeah, but there, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's hard because I feel like people would definitely describe me as an extrovert. But there's times where I'm like, I don't really want to be like socializing, or if I don't know someone, yeah. it just takes a lot more energy to like go into a place and like just make friends. <laughs> I know I could do it. It's just like exhausting. <laughs> no, I hear you. I mean. I would definitely consider myself a mix. Like after performing and doing certain things and talking to a lot of people, I want to decompress and chill and be alone. Yeah. So it goes back and forth for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Same. So you're educated. You went to UCSB? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay, cool. How was that for you? It was cool. Um, I studied sociology and with like an emphasis on like race, gender, um, the environment. So I was like my four years of like getting super quote unquote woke and um and like really thinking about the world and power and systems and and inequalities uh and then I decided I was gonna go be an actor um and the whole experience kind of had like its ups and downs like I was there the whole sit town was like very much like this rape culture, gross thing that does not really exist. Like in this one square mile is where students live. Like there was no adults, there's no teachers. So it's just like this, this fake society of like these privileged kids. And, and like, you couldn't really go out without me like thinking that maybe someone's going to slap your ass. Maybe some guy's going to tell you something like, it was just really gross. So then like my senior year was when the Elliot Rogers kid came and shot and, and did a mass shooting. And like tried to like light sorority houses on fire and like, Jeez. you know, actually did kill a lot of people. And it was just like this, we like, no one was surprised. And his whole reason for doing it was because like, he was still a virgin and he was like, I'm rich, I'm beautiful. Like, why does anyone, women want to have sex with me? And he like wrote this wow. whole manifesto about like putting women in cages, like insane. And he was at the CC, it wasn't even at UCSB, but that whole culture was just like gross. Yeah. So when it happened, like no one was surprised. We were like, this is like literally the culture of this town. Like, so then everything kind of changed after that. Um, that had my senior year, thankfully, but I was ready to like, get out of there I'm <laughs> like, sure yeah like by our senior <laughs> year once you're kind of like you know like mature like older like ladies like we would go out and we'd see like you know like a guy carrying like a drunk girl and we'd be like do you know him like you know now all of a sudden we're like <laughs> yeah neighborhood yeah, trying to protect her. so then we're like okay we just need to like stay our ass right home. right and what a crazy contrast too like you're there studying you're there studying sociology and then you have this mix of like, like you said, like the privilege and everything like that. And you're literally taking a look at that yeah. with what you're studying. Yeah, exactly. Pretty wild. Yeah. And like every, every class was like a new epiphany or like, and I, yeah, I just learned so much and was like, fuck, like it was kind of my like, oh my God, the world is like horrible. And, and the people who have power aren't doing anything with it yeah. and, and capital and all that stuff. So that's why I was like, I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to become famous. I'm going to be an activist while I'm there. Like I'm going to use my social capital for good. Like, <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. So 
Did you know you wanted to be an actress from before, like earlier when you were studying the degree or how did that work out for you? I think it was one of those things that was always in the back of my head. Like in sixth grade, I did like a Pandora's box play, but I was always an athlete. So it was, I was never going to be like in drama after school because I had to go to practice (laughs) and and do running and stuff. Um, So it wasn't ever anything I could like actually tap into um, outside of like that one sixth grade play. But I've always liked performing and like and 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 putting like talent shows up when I was like a little kid and what I've always like oh and I danced when I was younger so I've always been on stage I did baile folklorico with my mom so for six years I was performing in front of crowds and I always loved that just like being on stage and having people watch me okay <laughs> um, and then in college um, I was going to do my sociology classes and there was like one specific class when i remember i was like okay i'm gonna go be an actress and it was like um it was i think it was i should know the theory i talk about this all the time it was like the theory of self so it's probably wrong um basically how everyone is on a stage like the world is our stage and we all have different um personas and characters and and when we're on the front house which is the front of stage so whether that stage is like at work with your friends um with your family and like you know you go to work and you put on a costume and then you talk to your boss in a different way than you're going to talk to your best friend or talk to your mom or whatever and then backstage is like where people can really be themselves and like a lot of some people don't ever actually see someone else's backstage like that's only when they're alone or sometimes yeah or sometimes you know their friend maybe their best friend will really see this person backstage but sometimes no one will ever see it everyone's always putting on this show oh my god and at that point (laughs) i had already lost my mom and and i had it just related to me because i was like i've been fucking acting for the last you know five years or whatever since my mom died and i've been putting on this this front and this face and smiling and laughing and doing all this and i'm really good at it so mm-hmm. i was like i'm gonna go be an actor silver lining <laughs> wow that's such a fascinating journey yeah it was it's it was pretty not because everyone's always like wait you went you studied at sociology and now you're here i was like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i got that too because i studied business i went to temple in philly so it was a very different experience as far as like philly is like row houses and stuff like that depending on where you're at but like north philly is kind of sketchy um the school does its best to like try to keep it safe and stuff but you know it's like you can run into problems yeah for sure and um yeah so it's definitely like a very different experience in that way um i would say was there was there was privilege for sure because there were like rich kids that went there, but it it's not a very expensive school. So that kind of brought in a little more of like a mix yeah. of people from different demographics and stuff like that. But yeah, like for me, um, I was doing internships in business and I have ADHD. I've always been the kid that was doing impressions or just talking back to teachers. And uh, I always got off on it. And when I was doing internships in business, I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna die here. I mean, it just, I just saw my future in front of me. I was like, I can't continue like this. Yeah. So I did this weird stint for like three or four months in Atlantic City where I was like a digital roulette blackjack dealer. Interesting. I know. It was so weird. So I did that like the summer after graduating. And then I was like, I can't do this shit either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It just felt very pathetic. But um, yeah, so I eventually moved to L.A. after that summer. Um, Yeah, never really looked back. So... Yeah, I've been in L.A. for about, I guess it's 
Well, it's kind of complicated to explain to people because I left. I was here for seven years. I left uh, to Atlanta during the pandemic and I was there for almost two years. Yeah. And just moved back. Was that successful for you? I know I have multiple friends that moved to Atlanta during the pandemic for like uh, to try and look for more work. Yeah, I would say I'm glad I did it. Yeah. It was a mixed bag as far as. Um, I got an agent the day I got there, Nice, which was a really nice transition. I got a lot of opportunities and the same casting directors call me back. Oh, sweet. So that was nice. Um, I guess it felt a little isolating because when I was in LA, um, I got to go to all the casting directors offices in person. So even though I know we don't really do that anymore now as much, I still have that background of knowing them or seeing them. And uh, yeah, it just makes me feel a little bit more connected to what's happening Mm -hmm. that I have that. So in Atlanta, I never had that. It was all from home. I never got to meet them um, for the most part. So yeah, it was just kind of like acting in a vacuum a little bit. Yeah. Like you're always this was it was almost entirely during the pandemic. So it was a little bit like dealing with that and um, just trying to. I was working this awful job. I've had so many jobs. You have no idea. (laughs) Um, But I used to be like an ESL teacher for online, like teaching kids in China how to speak English. Oh, that's super cool. The hours were just so miserable. Oh, I bet. The hours. It was all night. It was all night long. And And I just had to be like super animated and all this stuff. And then I would be... Uh, like awake or, or sleeping all day basically and then like waking up again yeah. it was just kind of depressing you know no, like the only like the only silver lining I had was that I got to do those auditions and acting and stuff um, and I had a girlfriend at the time and even that was hard balancing because she'd want to come over earlier yeah. and I'd be like I need to sleep you know and she'd want to stay over and then I'd be like I gotta talk to these kids yeah I gotta talk to these kids you know? <laughs> and it's, she's like I don't care about the kids I, well you know she, not exactly she's that like, but she's <laughs> I don't want to throw under a bus, but, but uh, yeah. So here I am back yeah. in LA. I'm so happy to be back. I've had a lot of great momentum since being back and uh, yeah, just happier. Uh, I started working as a life coach about a year and a half ago. I found that job in Atlanta. Oh, dope. Dope. so like, how do you become a life coach? Like did, if you found it there, like did another life coach find you? I saw, I was desperately trying to get out of that ESL job. I was like, something needs to change. And I was looking on LinkedIn. I'm like, what kind of opportunities can I find? And I see this ADHD life coach thing. And I'm like, ooh, this sounds really like interesting. And I knew it was a long shot because I know my degree doesn't have anything to do with it. Acting doesn't have anything to do with it or comedy doesn't. But what I didn't realize, it has more to do with it than you think. Right. Because yeah, because when you're acting, a lot of it is the connection, right? The connection you have with the other person and being able to receive that energy and give back. So a lot of life coaching is that, you know, like you really can't be in a vacuum. You've got to make sure that you're really able to read people and see what's going on with them and take that energy in and then Mm. give them something positive to work with. So yeah, I kind of found it, it was a little intimidating at first. I pitched them on the fact that I have ADHD. I was like, I'm always distracted. I don't know what I'm doing at the time. And uh, I think I'd be a good fit for these kids. A lot of them are like young. So so it's like teens. Yeah, sometimes they're high school students or college students. So I'm like, I think I'd be able to get through to them. I have that experience under my belt. And, you know, I was kind of like them when I was younger. Yeah. So, yeah, they were a little bit. They didn't want to hire me at first because they were like when they found out I was an actor, they were like, he's going to jump ship the second he gets an acting job. And I told them, I'm like, look, you know, 
it's not that I'm going to jump ship the second I get an acting job. I'm if if and when it happens, I should stay positive, right? Yeah. Manifestation. Exactly. When it happens, I'll contact you. I'll handle everything professionally. Right. I'm not just going to be like, fuck y'all, peace. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that to you. So yeah, that's kind of make a long story short. That's cool. I was wondering like what kind of, what age you're coaching. Like it's like you, I don't know. I, I, I try to imagine myself as a life coach. I'm like, who would be taking my damn advice? Um, but I think like, <laughs> A high school and college student person would definitely, I think I could help them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes stand-up feels like such a conflict of interest because it's me laying out all the fucked up things in my life. Uh-huh. And then and then I sit up there as a life coach telling people how to live their lives. But I feel like that's, that's good. Like, it means you have experience. Right, right that's like, what I tell myself. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I tell myself. And it actually is good food for fodder just up on stage. A lot of There's not a lot of comedians that are life coaches. Yeah. So that's kind of like a nice niche. That's true. Yeah. I could definitely see that. <laughs> <laughs> I did just meet a comedian, though, that is a therapist. So I was kind of like interested in picking his brain, like, because that's kind of an interesting thing yeah. that I'm not used to hearing as well. Oh, my God. They probably have a lot of content. Yeah. Talking to those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he used to be like a football player. So he had like that perspective and then went into like therapy and kind of giving like people free unsolicited advice about therapy and stuff, yeah. which was which was interesting, I thought. Hmm. So you are a senior writer for Ola USA. Talk to me about this. How did you get this opportunity? Were you seeking this out? Yeah, so I was a, I was doing freelance a few years ago for OK and Radar Online. So that's like where my experience came from in this. Um, and I got that job with like only one published article and just a really good cover letter. And they gave me the chance. Um, so I was able to publish about a year's worth of freelance articles with them. And then um, I stopped working with them and was just like full on hustling, babysitting, like the sample girl at Whole Foods, like just <laughs> like 12 hour shifts, like just hustling and, and making like, you know, do some money. And then um, the pandemic hit and all that stopped. Like, you know, I, I couldn't sample anything. Or <laughs> and uh I did like that six months of like sweet, sweet unemployment when they were just making it rain. And then like the second it ended, um, I was like already looking for jobs because I've always someone that works. I I don't think I could just like not work. And um, then it came up on my in my email, like indeed, it was like, oh, I hiring. And I was like, okay, I need to make sure I apply to that. And then um, I checked the neck like a couple weeks later and it was like the listing had ended. I was like, fuck. Uh, But then I found it on another website, like still open. So I was like, okay. So I applied a really good cover letter um, and they called me and they hired me over the phone. Just like the, just like that, like me and my boss just instantly clicked. And, and um, so she offered me the job and then I started around like 20 hours I'm still part-time with them uh, which is perfect for me so I only work like at the most like 30 hours a week um and they just paid me like enough for me to be able to do that which is very blessed um this is a blessing um I'm also not someone that spends like crazy so it like it works out are Um, you frugal I am I can be like very cheap okay can you give me an example um let's see like I like you'd never find me buying like a, a more like even one Starbucks drink a week. 
More than one? No, I would never. Would never. I like. I don't even remember the last time I bought Starbucks. Like maybe during like a, like a like a work trip or something. If I really needed coffee, but like if I have it at home, like I'm gonna make it at home or like tea or coffee. That's good. That's and, good. I'm bad I, about I that. I was there yesterday. I also don't drink caffeine. So maybe that's a bad um a bad example but so when you're at the grocery store and you have options like generic versus the regular versus oh no premium, I'm, done. I'm not buying organic you're going no. oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're not buying organic so you're buying like generic yeah. products that are like genetically modified yeah <laughs> okay okay cool and you're still living so yeah you know, I'm very you're doing much alive. fine yeah uh, i'm pretty healthy too yeah so <laughs> but or but but then I'll, I'll spend money on things that i know are like like I go to my acting class every month, which is like $200. And I've been doing that since 2014. And like, I just bought myself like over a thousand dollars worth of private trainings at the boxing gym. So like, I, I, I will go ahead and make these big purchases, but I, and I only because I have a savings account. Like if I didn't, I, like I could never imagine being someone that's living paycheck to paycheck. Like that would really fucking stress me out. So it, because I have the savings account, the only reason why I have that is because I, I am frugal. Like I don't buy new clothes really ever. Um, I have like one brand that I will maybe do like a $200 haul like every six months. But I like hand-me-downs are fine. And like people always give me their clothes and I'm like, I'm like hot enough to wear whatever I want. So it's okay. <laughs> like I don't need to wear Gucci or whatever the fuck these brands are. Like that has no interest to me. Like my car just got hit in a hit and run and oh, I had shit. to like put it back together and I literally like bought like a bumper from like Linwood <laughs> like, oh my went God. to go pick it up like my car is like three different colors right now was it a drunk driver I think so I think yeah, it has that to happened have been. to me in Philly it's it's very common in LA as well this yeah. just happened to my friend a lot of people do hit and runs maybe they don't have insurance up. too yeah and they're just like peace the fuck out yeah but yeah that's crazy you weren't able to get their license plate no, or anything no I went on like a private investigator tour I like went to the uh, the I like emailed the church like you guys have cameras like please like let me see like contact this other apartment and like drove around trying to see if I can find anyone with like blue paint on there on their car i like asked them an unhoused man that was sleeping there the whole time i was like did you you know who hit my car he's like yeah it was a it was a blue vault <laughs> but nothing came of it i like posted something on next door i was like who do you does anyone have any information on yeah. my car and then i was just like okay just let it go like whatever that would be epic if you did find that i was so ready i was so ready and then like i i don't i, I then during that week after it happened, I was so fucking pissed. I was like, okay, let's just like bounce this back. So like, you know, I tried to like tip people more or like give people a couple dollars if I had it and just trying to like do the opposite of the energy that I got. Right, right. Have you thought about getting a dash cam? Um, no, probably should. My car's always getting fucked with for whatever reason. My dad is like, I swear someone's just like out to get you. I was like, no, just people are just people yeah just people yeah yeah especially in la like a lot of shit goes down yeah i had a rental car that i got i don't have a car right now so i'm getting a car in the new year and i'm like excited about it but also like oh my god i'm gonna have a car again shit's gonna go down yeah. But, yeah but like you said like try to put positive vibes out there so that way i can get good karma points coming back to me and not yeah have hit and exactly. runs and stuff but yeah like the second i got the rental car i was on the highway and there was like that 18 wheeler truck and like stuff starts flying off the top of it. And I'm in like the left lane to it. And then there's a car right behind the 18 wheeler. 
And basically it's like these door sized things yeah. coming off. And I'm like, is it wood? What is it? And I'm like, oh my God, they're probably like the person next to me. I was like, that's pretty scary. Cause it was yeah. right towards their windshield. And then I'm like, I'm going to be next, you know, because this car might swerve and then hit me. And then yeah. everyone's basically jockeying for position. And then it's like three of them, four of them. And then I see their styrofoam because they start breaking apart like styrofoam. Yeah. Like, okay. Dodged a bullet. But just stuff like that where you're just like, why is this happening? I actually had something happen to me, except it was metal and it did hit my car. <laughs> and, and it like, and the cop was like, if this had hit you, vertically and not horizontally you would have died like i it it like was flying over me over the grapevine and i just saw this like huge thing coming at me and i was like fuck and i just like closed my eyes and like felt it hit my car my whole windshield was busted and i have like this huge metal dent in like my structure because of how loud of how big the piece of metal was yeah and i just like closed my eyes and opened my eyes and i had like drifted all the way to like the right of the freeway and like somehow didn't hit anyone or go over the fucking ledge and then just parked there and like was like oh my god and then came out and like there definitely there was a cop but like my whole windshield was fucked up um and that was in an area where it was gonna be like eight hundred dollars to call a tow truck and the cop was like i would just drive it to like your friends or something so i had to drive it like just looking out of this hole like and like and my windshield is literally just holding on by like shattered wow. glass and i'm just like looking through this hole for like 30 minutes to drive it that's crazy yeah that's pretty wild <sighs> the shit that we go through yeah that was like my second time to in like some type of bad car thing i'm like convinced i'm gonna die in a car accident so this is all just like evidence for it right now well, you have more evidence for when it happens right oh my god yeah it happens like play the tape yeah she knew it <laughs> that's epic that's like when rappers die and then they exactly. go back in the tape yeah oh. that's gonna be when i really that's gonna be my moment when i get yeah, famous yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly that's how it happens dad. right yeah <laughs> yeah wow we're survivors though I mean, we're still out here living. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to get another dash cam. I used to have one. I mean, it, if you don't want to spend money, money on it, you got to get one the ones that have the wires that hang down okay. and look ghetto, which is kind of like, I don't, it's kind of like a reminder that you're avoiding an accident. Yeah. I don't know. That's something I don't like. I don't like getting in my car and thinking like, I'm, I'm foreshadowing an accident right. by having this here. But at the same time, it has helped me because I've got, one time I got in a hit and run with this guy and, um, I'm a little bit aggressive. I chase people on the highway. I chased him to get him to stop. <laughs> I don't recommend that to people right. because you don't know what Could you're definitely getting into. Badly. Yeah. yeah, but I get caught up in the moment and I do my thing. And uh, he pulls over and he was basically denied. He had a like um, a metal. Uh, it was like a metal crate or something. Uh, and basically it hit the front of my car. It's It flew off the, his back to the truck. And um he was telling me he didn't do it. He def- definitely wasn't him. And I was like, check the tape, oh, man. Oh, you had it on it. Yeah. Then. I was like, I got the camera right there. And they don't even need to see the video. They just, people don't like to be, you know, found out as liars. Yeah. So he immediately was like, yeah, it was me, dude. <laughs> yeah. So that worked out. But um, yeah, I think just people seeing you have a camera helps. Even, yeah. if, even if there were no real video yeah, or it wasn't true. even recording, people see that and they're like, well, I'm not going to tell my insurance now that I didn't do it because yeah. he has the video. I would just put a little fake one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like animation and she's like yeah. Avatar. <laughs> 
Like, what would be the giveaway, though? Like, there would be some giveaway. Like, I don't know, oh, but, like, you know how people, glitchy. when they go to their house, they have, like, that super fake camera, and it's just it's just a red light, and it's yeah. like, warning, trespassers. It's like, oh, that's yeah. not a fake, that's not a real camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's quite a few of them in this neighborhood, but I, I think that they're real. Yeah, they're probably real. I think the ones here are real. Yeah. The guy across the street just has a, a punching bag. To warn people, you know, it's not a punching bag. <laughs> it's like you know the ones that are like a person, and you can hit it. Yeah. What do you call that? Uh, I think a punching bag. Still. Yeah, I guess it's still just yeah. a punching bag. Anyways, I saw that he puts it just as a warning. It's like I know how to box. That's hilarious. Dude. He's like, I yeah. got these hands. Yeah, good for him. I used to do Muay Thai. Is that the type of boxing you do? Um, uh, I think probably now with the stuff that we're getting into, um. I was at the, I've been at the same private uh, boxing gym since I don't know probably 2019 2018 um and then I was doing privates with them for a little bit uh and then the pandemic happened but I had a really good trainer who was teaching me like switch kicks and knees and yeah, everything Yeah so you are kicking and all yeah, that stuff it's yeah. not just american style No yeah. and then um I got this new trainer who I'm like obsessed with and we're actually like sparring and doing like some really cool kicks um so now we're kind of getting into that like muay thai area um but I had like a broken leg that I broke a f- or a, b- a broken ankle a few years ago mm-hmm. so I've always been scared to start doing kicks and stuff unless right. I had like an actual trainer um so now I'm like starting to get the the moves of everything and then yeah. i used to wrestle in high school so i've cool. always kind of been like a hands-on like with that kind yeah, of stuff. yeah yeah i would like to start doing privates like that too because i feel like i've been in classes with a lot of different people and stuff and it's just like you know a lot they're learning too right so sometimes they'll make moves or do certain things that could put you at risk yeah like you know like like uh, have you ever done a clench before um, um, I think it's clinch. So when somebody puts you, uh, they basically put their hands behind your neck and they pull you down and yeah. you're, you're holding the pads here and they're just like, they're just kneeing the shit out of you. Uh-huh. But I mean, your neck is, is going all, all Yeah. See, we don't do anything like that with other people unless you're like working with a trainer. Cause yeah. I would definitely not do that with like a random person. At right. The yeah. Cause like- I mean, <laughs> you know, they're telling you to go at it like semi as if it's real because yeah. they don't want you to be totally delicate but it's a hard balance for people and i remember one time in philly my friend got punched in the face after the bell rang and he was just he really wanted to fight yeah because he was like what the fuck dude i mean it's like my hands were down because the bell rang right I immediately put my hands down so yeah stuff like that which makes me a little bit more keen to do private training more so than being in with a bunch of randos yeah definitely yeah i want to I don't think I would do that with any of the random people there. Uh, but I like, I have three older brothers. So like whenever I go home, we literally put on gloves and like beat each other up. So like, it's not even like that. I'm just scared. It would be someone hurting me, like not knowing how to do it. Like yeah. You said, and like, you know, messing up my neck or something. Or, right. Right. Cause it only takes one time or whatever. What's your recourse? You know, yeah. like, there's no real recourse. You just have to deal with no, it. No, for sure. Yeah. And then do you, have you ever done jujitsu? No, I've only just done like boxing, kickboxing, and then like um, wrestling. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu is cool. I've done a little bit of it. It's pretty intense because it's all groundwork. Yeah. Um, But I feel like also with that, like I've had a few friends that did like semi-professional stuff. And yeah, they've broken legs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think it would be so fun. Like I think like I would definitely go and like spar and even like try. If, That's cool. If I had like a promise from the universe that I would not break my nose. <laughs> <laughs> but 
<laughs> because I can't have that, I probably won't. Because I, I, I feel like my nose is just yeah it has to stay in place. Yeah, I learned that Mario Lopez does a lot of boxing, and I was like. That's so interesting because he's such a pretty boy type dude, yeah. right? It's like you would think he'd be the one who would never want to break his nose yeah, that's or put true. himself I'm at risk. I'm actually surprised that Mario Lopez does that too, actually. Yeah, but I mean, you can put on headgear, but yeah. I don't know if the head can the headgear really protect like getting hit straight in the nose if that were to happen. So. I, don't I don't think, think so. so. No, yeah. and then like I think if once you started. Like, I think still amateurs still play, still use headgear. But I'm always thinking, like, I would go pro, you know? Like, they're going to make me take off the headgear eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I also heard if you break your nose, if you go to a doctor uh, within, like, a day or two, I think they can relocate it for you. But it's like, <laughs> you obviously don't want to go through that. Yeah, no. No. Yeah. But. No. Wouldn't be fun. It would not be fun, no. Yeah. But the thrill. Yeah. I mean, the thrill of boxing is a lot of fun. That's true. I def I think I'll probably start going to like our sparring classes on Friday once I um train with my trainer a little bit more. Yeah. I was in a class with a bunch of seventeen year olds and it was not fun getting my ass handed to me by a seventeen year old. <laughs> Uh, like these dudes are like training to be legit fighters right. and they're like in their prime basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm just like trying desperately to hold my own and they keep the, the coach to be like, Adam, you can, you can tap out. You can. And I just won't, I won't, I just have to keep yeah. going. Yeah. My pride won't let me. So I did run across. Oh, before I go into that, I wanted to ask you, I saw that clip and I saw the Q and a with uh, John Leguizamo. That's so dope. Um, I'm a big fan of his. How was that for you? He was so sick. Um, I've I've gotten to the point with like interviewing now with Ola that I I typically won't do an interview unless I'm really excited about the person and 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 the actor. So I've been like my family was obsessed with him from the past. Like I watched that movie like so many times and I loved him in Moulin Rouge. Like so I've always been like an, a genuine fan of him. Um and then it was for Violent Night for the movie that's coming out. So I'm always trying to, you know, get the right questions that are going to go someplace that other interviewers aren't going to go and make it feel fun. Because, you know, they've been sitting in this chair for like the last eight, 12 hours or whatever, just answering the same questions with everyone. Um, right, right. So I always just try to make it different. And then with him, I had, I think, seven minutes with him, which is like a pretty solid amount of time. Um, and just right off the back, that was the beginning of our interaction was the clip I sent or uploaded yeah, where he's yeah. like, looks like I'm being held hostage. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and I could see from that moment, you guys had a really good rapport. Yeah. I think after that, it was like, okay, we're in it now. So, and just trying to establish that from the beginning, whether it's like, you know, a little joke or whatever. Um, and then after that, the rest of the interview just like flew and, um, I was able to ask him like some really cool questions where it was like. Where he was like thinking, I was like, okay, that's good. Like, I don't know one's asked you this before. And I think because we had that rapport, he like gave me cool stuff. Like I asked him like, what's one nice and one naughty thing you did this year? And he was like, I'm just going to tell on myself. Like, <laughs> like what? Um, and then told me like the nice thing he did. And then the naughty thing was he's like, he used some smart word that I 
I forgot. But basically, like, when you get pleasure off seeing someone's downfall. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, I have a little bit of this. Uh, he's like, so I had, I wish, <laughs> yeah, he's like, so I kind of was wishing that some people wouldn't do so great. And they did. So, and they didn't. He's like, and I got some joy from that. He's okay. Like, so that would be it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he was super dope. And then at the end, I was like, all right, peace, love, and chicken grease. <laughs> and he was like, oh, the best. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I can see that natural rapport. Do you ever get a little bit nervous depending on the person? Yeah, it's so funny. Um, he was one where I got a little bit nervous for, but the, the one that I got like the most where I was like, Oh my God, I can feel it in my stomach was the jackass boys. Oh, like, yeah, it was just so funny. Cause I've literally interviewed like Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> but, but that one was like, I, I was, a it was Steve, Steve-O, Man, and Chris Pontius. And I interviewed uh-huh. Johnny Knoxville and Jeff, um, Jeff, I forgot his last name. Uh, the actual creator. Um, and I did those two different interviews. So I think first I did, um, Jeff and Johnny Knoxville. And then the second one was like Steve-O, Wee Man and Chris Ponius. And I like drew pictures of the three of them, of Chris, Wee Man and, uh, Steve-O, like shitty pictures <laughs> and like put them on the back of like my little interview thing. Um, and for whatever reason, I was just, I was so nervous with them just because I grew up watching them and like I, I loved them. And, and right, so right. that was one where I was like, like, I like I, I don't think I can like it. Oh my God. And it was fine. Yeah. Like the whole thing was super chill. Like they yeah. couldn't notice. But those were the guys that I got really nervous for. OK, that's cool. Yeah. So you were a big fan of the film, more of a fan of the films or the show? I was a fan of the shows. I mean, I watched all the movies, too. But um, the the interview was for their last movie that came out. But it was like like, I, again, three older brothers. So the whole you know i just grew up literally watching them and and right, from the right. first from it where it first started you know all the way to now so it was like 20 years of jackass and i was just so nervous <laughs> yeah no i mean it's it made a huge impact on the culture like i remember my neighbors we'd put them in like a a, a trash bin on a skateboard and have them go down the street <laughs> and tape it and then one neighbor had like you know those like sewage ponds like mm-hmm. irrigation things, but they 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 try to like make it look nice, so it's like a like a little pond or whatever. They had that in front of their house. We had them like swim in it and tape it. Yeah, stuff true. like that. Yeah, so you know, definitely had an impact. I feel like a lot of kids were like, "This is this is so cool." Yeah, it had an impact. <laughs> there there's some um, interviews um, where i'm not nervous for it but you just kind of have to um like change the way you talk to them so like sometimes i come in really high and then like if i see that they're not matching me then i you know i have to come down a little bit lower and be like okay i need to give them a different type of energy you're reading the room what i want yeah um but i've i that's something that i i do um think i'm good at is interviewing so i I have fun doing it and stuff that's so dope so i've got to say i saw your snl audition and I was like in love with this six nine sister character. Oh. You had me with that. You had me locked in. Oh my god! How did you think of that? Um, so I, for whatever reason, was like really fascinated with Takashi six nine during that time. Like not in like a fan way, just like what the fuck is going He's on? He's interesting. He's so interesting. Like the whole thing about him being a snitch had just came out. Um, and just like, 
he he's just fascinating and and the fact that the whole world was so into him too yeah and still i think he still has a pretty big fan base yeah yeah and like and then like his actual music is just like so bad like and and but then like you know i still was watching the music videos because just like what is this guy gonna do um so then i just got the idea um from just myself being for whatever reason captivated by takashi 69 um, and then I needed to build characters for the audition. Um, and then, yeah, for whatever reason, it just kind of was born. The Takashi Sixter, whatever, or 96. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you had the whole backstory and everything. Like, <laughs> you went into it. Did you have uh, a rough idea in your head of what you're going to say? Did you write it down or did you completely improvise it? Um, no, I think those were instances where I actually did write it down and I was um like trying to master it and uh I think jokes were also coming out of like as I was getting the characters so I got the <laughs> I got the the wigs and stuff and then like the 69 I was like oh my god like 96 like that could be like you Perfect. know the backstory for it right. so it just kind of kept growing naturally like organically um so I think like jokes were coming yeah. in you know like even right before I was uh, recording or some of it was probably improvised too actually um actually a good amount of it was probably i'm like i wrote it. i probably did improvise a good amount of that because i don't That's really cool. re- prepare that much um but i think the actual like yeah if he has another huge hit i would love to see more of that like do you could you see yourself doing another one uh a clip of yeah him or something? i think so uh-huh. i feel like um that's something that i i I could have like leaned on a little bit more was like, keep doing this character. Um, I think I'm just someone that like, I do things and then like, I'm like on to the next thing. So yeah, I kind of forget about I get it. That. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if he ever does come out, I think it would be funny. It was just like so much like braiding my hair with it and like the yeah. makeup and all that <laughs> stuff. Like it was just uh, a, a lot, but yeah, I'm sure if I, if I came out again, right. it would be funny. I'd be so fascinated just like what it's like to live as him because I don't know if I'd want to live like that, you know, like with, it's like you have all this money and resources and like fancy cars, jewelry, and you're, it's like, he's so out there about mm-hmm. it. But at the same time, there's so many people that want to kill him Yeah, that it's like, I don't know, just needing to move like that. And he I doesn't care. He'll be in like, you know, like, some super dangerous area just like throwing out like thousands of dollars at people right, like right. with one bodyguard or whatever like yeah. it's like i think that's why he's so fascinating and then like just being like i'm here like you know everyone like uh say they want to kill me but i'm still here like so you know whatever yeah that's just being so obnoxious yeah um and then like he straight snitched on like gang members oh and God. like then when that happened it was happening i remember he was like having his bodyguards like I, he was just being so obnoxious and just playing into it instead of being scared, which yeah. was like just so fascinating. Even, just the psychology of him too with the women when you see him, because I see his Instagram videos where it's like two two girls and they're shaking their ass all up in his face and he's just like smacking it and like looking at yeah. the camera like, yeah, I do this shit. And it's just like, yeah, like what is with this dude? Yeah. Like what is with the need as well to just like prove something? Like he feels he needs to prove like I have all these women with all these fat asses. Yeah. I got all this fucking money. Like look at this goddamn chain. Yeah. He just and again and again and again. 
do you feel like it's a it's a deep need to show it or at this point it's more just he knows that's his kind of like brand and he just goes for that i think it's his brand i think he's on a good amount of drugs probably (laughs) um and and i I think he has enough people hyping him up like he was dating oh my god the fact that he knows he was dating this (laughs) one girl um named like jade and she, you know, she got like this huge, ugly tattoo of his face, like right here, like just so <laughs> ugly. And he's like parading it around. So I think he just has these enough people hyping him up. Right. Where he's just like, you know, yeah. on cloud nine or whatever. But then he does like these super sweet things where all of a sudden he's like giving his mom like just right. a, a briefcase full of cash. Or he has he's, that like, side to him. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It, he's he's definitely problematic. Like I think he even had like a sexual like assault case <laughs> right, or something right. like back in the day. Um, but he's just he's so fascinating. Do you think Ola would interview him? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you said that with zero hesitation. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Why do you think it's absolutely not? We have like like so our our like mother daddy brand is is Ola Spain. Oh, so it's okay. like royals That's really and, and like uh and, and you know a little bit like classy. Um yeah. so there's even some stuff where like if everyone else is talking about it like we still won't really touch it um just cuz we just kind of have just kind of like like to carry ourselves a little bit more like Yeah. Uh and he's just not very classy. And I think that's like what we use is like the word class. So I feel like, right, like not, yeah. not terms of capital, just like, I think our readers would be like, who is this? Like uh-huh. very, it's very much just like what, what our readers read. I would interview him, but no, there's no, right. It's not like the Latino world star or something. No, yeah. exactly. Which I'd be curious if that exists. Like if there is a version of that, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> It would be interesting. Like I like I think even Jackass was kind of like a, like I don't Stretch. think we would have done it unless I was like I want to interview these people. Right, you know, like right. they weren't like oh we need to get these guys on our site. Like but Hovita wants to do it. So okay, all right, that's cool. So I did see a couple of your clips on Instagram with um your character Miércoles. Tell me a little bit about that. I was trying to piece together because I know that shows out and yeah. I sense like it's like a parody. So tell me a little bit about it. So that was with Me Too, um, which is another uh, Hispanic media brand. Um, I don't know if they're actually owned by Latinos, um, but okay. I remember that was like some scandal recently. Interesting. Um, and uh, but they're still cool. You guys just still keep hiring me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and And they had a deal with uh uh netflix so then they did the scripts and put that together and then one of the um people that works there knows me so she had me in mind right away um for the character so then they reached out to me because i had done something with them a year or two ago um for like the latinos talk segment that they do and then they just kind of kept me in mind so we did three reels um, based on this Miércoles character, but I didn't write it or anything. Someone else already did. So I was just basically acting in it. Yeah. So are they using that as promotion for the yeah, show? Yeah, it was like promotion. So oh, it was like okay, a deal between so cool. me through and Netflix. So they did like the three reels. And then like, um, it was like a collaboration. So Con Todo Netflix had it on their Instagram too. Yeah. But it was cool. It was really fun. Yeah, that is cool. Like good content for you to have too. Was did you have a lot of fun shooting that? Yeah, it was so much fun. It was all it was a day shoot and we shot three 60 second reels. So it was like very quick. Yeah. Um, 
but we got it all done and like I, I knew I was doing good acting I'd gotten the character and like they were all super sweet just like um like just like oh my god like this is perfect and 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 I had kind of just known I was like okay like we're able to do this all in one day because like we're all being good actors or else this would have been like really impossible like shooting three specs like that in like 10 hours or whatever right right what are you watching right now oh my god this question is not is uh this is gonna make me sound like a very ignorant actor um I am watching uh i really don't watch tv that much okay um i work from three to eight and then i usually eat dinner i'll put on a show maybe um and then or maybe a movie uh but in terms of like tv shows i'm kind of like a reality show like (laughs) viewer so i'm watching like the mtv's the challenge which is also like my dream show to be on (laughs) um and I've watched a couple of movies lately. Um, uh, I watched Emily the Criminal. Oh, I like that. It was that. so good. I thought it was so good. The name kind of threw me for a second, but it fit. I felt like I like it was kind of ironic. Yeah. I felt they were trying to I make thought it. that was so good. Um, I was trying to watch another movie that she was just in, but I think I fell asleep. I forgot <laughs> the name of it. Um, and then what else have I watched lately? But I'm really bad. I, I'm like a it's podcast listener. Um, yeah. Uh, like I always have something playing in the back. Um, or I like like true crime stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. Our last guest was um, Sonali Chandra. She was just on a reality show. Um, it's on Lifetime. It's called Five Guys a Week. Okay. <laughs> Is she like dating five guys in one week or something? Uh. Well... Yeah, pretty much. Like, basically, they had her. It's like a series where it's like a different girl. Like, they have, um, they feature different women. But this episode with her basically was, her thing is, um, she's a 35-year-old virgin. Okay. And so that's kind of the hook, is that like, oh, you know, she's trying to find the one, and she's a virgin, which kind of complicates things. And, um, you know, her. she was talking a lot in the show about how... Um, just how it can be challenging, you know, like finding the right guy and also being from an Indian background mm-hmm. and ha- like part of the backstory of that is, you know, with the family pressuring her to not date, not do those things and all that. Yeah. But yeah, I was Wait, tell- so was it like the whole seasons about her or was it like one episode was, was her story? One episode was her story. Oh, OK. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I found it kind of problematic. I was like, not the show, but I found it problematic that. It's like it's such a red flag or something yeah. to be a virgin because I don't I don't think it's a red flag necessarily. I mean, it's definitely a point of conversation. Yeah, for sure. I always think that's weird too. like The Bachelor um, always has like one virgin and it's like this whole fucking thing that this girl's a virgin. And it's yeah, like, but like or if it's a guy that's the virgin, it's like each date they have to talk about the virginity. They have to talk about the virginity. And it's it is kind of interesting, too, because like. For whatever reason, it's like, oh, my God, it's a deal breaker. Like, they're a virgin. But, like, you know, when you go into, like, this deep religious side of it, like, some, like, when I was um, growing up, we were, like, in a fucking, like, cult, basically, a Pentecostal church. And and my dad would always be like, you know, you want to be a virgin forever. Like, uh, but just, like, how girl's a 35-year-old virgin, just like, right. oh, my gosh, she's a woman of God yeah, or perfect. whatever. Yeah, but, like, with pop culture, it's like, oh, my God, like, you need to be sluttier. Like, yeah. you need to, like, have sex. Like, I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Our culture is so weird sometimes. 
Yeah, there's that contrast. So Pentecostal, that's that's Christian. Yeah, it's like a, a like you know off the one of the off the tracks one. They like speak in tongue and stuff like that. Ooh, yeah, wow, like, that's super so crazy. interesting. Like I think they tried to convince it. We left the church, um, not not soon enough. Um, but there was the like I don't really remember so much. But like my sister in laws that used to go, they're like I swear to God they tried to convince us that dragons are real and dinosaurs won't. Like and dinosaurs weren't at one point. Like it's like it's like like it's some deep stuff. Holy shit! Like I feel like so I grew up in the Christian Baptist church, and I feel like. I don't know. Maybe other Baptist church churches are crazier, but like it was just super tame, like yeah. a very generic, tame Christianity. If anything, it was just boring. Yeah. That was the only thing. No, ours was boring and crazy. Yeah. It was both. Because the craziness becomes normal at some point. So then it becomes boring. Yeah. Well, it was like, like, I remember being very young and like getting weird vibes from like the pastors and stuff, you know, like, like they're, cause they're covered in diamonds and it's like, this what? doesn't really make sense. Covered like, real diamonds. Yeah. And I'm like, this doesn't really, oh, and like, and like, and like the idea of them guilting, like watching my mom write $150 check every Sunday was just like weird to me. And they being like, it's going to the missionaries. Like, who are these missionaries? Yeah. <laughs> like, And then um, <laughs> when I was little, I must've been like, like nine and like the the um oh and i was super afraid of the rapture like i was always like what right. do you mean my sister-in-law who's agnostic and is like the most amazing person I'm, i know is gonna go die in hell like what are you saying yeah and like that was a very hard scary thing to hear as a kid right um and and knowing people that weren't being like what do you mean this person's gonna die like am i gonna see them when i go to heaven like am I, is this gonna be like they never existed um and and so one day they were like i was in this this like children's class bible study yeah it was like it was like the the children's class while everyone's up, upstairs in the adult one and the the pk uh came down and she's like okay we're all gonna like speak in tongues and i was like what so she had like all the kids get in a circle and hold hands Whoa. And she's like going around just like, it's like she can just turn it on. She's like, hushalaba, hushalaba, hushalaba. and just going around in circles. And, and then like one by one, all these kids start pretending to speak in tongues. And I'm the only one that's not. And I was like, okay, well, like, I guess I have to too. And I remember like start pretending to like say right. random shit because right. I was the only one not doing it. And I was just was like, this is so weird. And then like, my they kicked my dad out of like the board because he couldn't speak in tongues, um, even though like <laughs> it's not like a mandatory thing. And, it's like, a disability. And, okay? and it was like it was like theater, like and like like one guy would stand up and like say something in tongues, and then like the other guy across the church would stand up and translate it. And I was it was just like too much. And they even did like one where the guy was like doing like healing things, like you know like zapping them, and they'd like fall down. <laughs> Wow, that's so fascinating. I can totally relate to the guilting and all that stuff from my Bible study. I won't bore people listening too much because this actually came up on the last podcast okay. as well. But yeah, I was definitely very scared of going to hell. And uh, I remember in school in like third and fourth grade, they had us, you know, like write out like these, I guess, kind of comics. Um, and at the time, the school was uh, donating money to manatees and stuff. So all like I had uh, four books that were all about Jesus, Satan, and manatees. <laughs> 
that's a good mix. <laughs> and the teachers were concerned. They called my mom. Yeah. They were like, you know, in the horror movie when there's like a kid who's like drawing like really disturbing things. Like I was that kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I think this is something to be concerned about. So yeah. So I still have those back home just because it's kind of funny. That for is me to really look funny. Back at. But yeah, it's it's weird, you know, and it kind of makes me feel a little bit. I don't know. I'm annoyed by the fucked upness that happened with them trying to like indoctrinate me yeah. with fear. Cause like, yeah, obviously I had this whole thing in my head, like, like Jesus needs to save me. And like, I'm not trying to burn in hell and yeah. I gotta avoid hell. It's like legit religious trauma. Yeah. 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 So I don't know what you do with that. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm always like, I, I'm always like, you know, if it does happen, like, like everyone's like, God is going to have a lot of questions. I'm like, no, I am. I'm right. going to be the one that has a lot of fucking questions right. for this guy. <laughs> Are, I'm going to square up with him. <laughs> <laughs> Are you religious now at all in any sense or are you agnostic? Or? Yeah, I think I would consider myself like agnostic. Like I believe that there's something, yeah. but I also believe that that something could be like an alien. Like, Ooh. like, you know, I, I, I don't think that it's like some white dude up there that's going <laughs> to be like, you know, turning people down at the door. Like, right. And I, and I don't believe that there's something that has, that knows what's going on and has a plan and is like this, like, I don't believe that God is, like, this gr- graceful, like, I think if if there is a God up there, then, like, I think he's a narcissist just to be, like, playing with us, like, Sim characters and, like, letting all these horrible things happen to people and, like, specifically, to, you know, women and people of color. Like, that's the, that's what doesn't make me, that makes it really hard for me to believe in a God. That narrative is really brought up by churches too, right? Like God is kind of has this plan and everything that's happening in your life is according to this plan. Yeah, but then you have free will. So if you mess it up, like that's on yeah. you. But it's like, but God already knew I was going to do that. So like, what do you mean? Right, <laughs> He's right. God, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, especially with acting, it's like when you're reading these scripts and, and working on characters, you just, you empathize more with stuff people go through. You're like, you know, these people have... People do have choices, yes, but at the same time, like, we don't know someone's story yeah. and, like, what brought them there. So, like, of course, there are fucked up people, but at the same time, like, it could be valuable to take a look at, like, your own life circumstances versus someone else's. Yeah. Because, you know, like, there's people committing crimes that grew up with nothing or grew up with a lot of trauma in their household and things like that that didn't happen to you necessarily. So I feel like we don't look at that as a society as much. Yeah, we no. look at more the results, like the outer of what's happening right now versus yeah, definitely the origin. And and like I think the, what I'd already always kind of been like a little bit like this is like why Christianity, religion, all that stuff didn't really make sense to me. Um, but I do kind of believe in like like my angels and my ancestors. Like I do believe that like you know my mom, my grandma, my grandpa, or people I don't even know that in my past you know could be protecting me. So like if I yeah. if I do want to like you know if I'm for whatever reason I'm feeling bad or and I feel like some urge to pray in some way, which I don't remember the last time that's happened, but like it'll be to you know to them, yeah. not necessarily like to this asshole. <laughs> Oh, damn. <laughs> oh god i want to cleanse myself now <laughs> i think i just got really mad after my mom died because she yeah. was like a devout christian and i was like you fucking failed her mm, like what do you mean you know i hear you um and and yeah and i'm like i don't think and then and then, and then the idea that like a like a child rapist could just be like okay i i'm sorry i i love you jesus like and then they end up in heaven like i don't want to be there with that guy 
Right. Yeah, that's the idea, right? Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and then your sins are washed away as long as you believe he's your savior. Yeah. Yeah, and you ask for forgiveness, I suppose. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I also know that that's organized religion, and, like, that's just the way that... Yeah. So maybe I'd be really cool with, like, the original Bible before people, like, stomped on it, and it right. got all, you know, to what we have now, but yeah. I'll never know. Yeah, for me, I'm not totally discounting that Jesus Christ could be, you know the son of God. I'm not, I'm not discounting that. I think it's possible, but I'm not totally on board with it. Like yeah. I, I do believe he existed. I Me do too. believe he was a very good person who wanted to help and do positive things. I think my gut tells me people just took it and ran with it, that maybe this was not his intention necessarily, but that he was a very, I don't know. He had a very meaningful place in history and like what he did yeah. with his time. He was very selfless. And yeah, I think that it'd be good to embody somebody like that, mm-hmm. but I don't know about worship. Yeah. I think Jesus totally existed too and was real and uh, was probably a Brown King. Like <laughs> not what we see in like on the statues. Um, definitely. It's, it's, it's just the way we've ran with it. That makes me really upset. So yeah. I, I think, I don't even think that I'm necessarily like mad at God, even like called him an asshole. I think I'm, I'm just mad at the church. I think is like yeah. really where it all comes down to. It's interesting. I know in Spain from my time there, a lot of people around our age are like, it's like there's still the tradition with religion, but I would say most people really just view it as tradition. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to think about like American culture. Um, what are your thoughts? Like, do you feel like most people around our age are like, uh, like saying it in name, but really it's more tradition or do you feel oh, like what with, do you think about religion? It? Yeah. Um, I think I have, I know a couple of like devout, Okay, I know one. Devout uh, Christians, like, in this specific field, like, an yeah. actress, um, like, doesn't celebrate Halloween, like, like knows every scripture off the top of her head. But she's really the only person that I can say that about. I think everyone kind of has this, like, loose idea or, like, they take the parts that they like from it and then mix it with, like, you know, spirituality. And, and, and even though, like, technically, if you were a devout Christian, you probably couldn't have, like, a quartz crystal because that's, like, you know not praising God or whatever. Um, I don't know. I think it's a mix, but then like you see like the stuff with Kanye and, and and, like, and and it's like on the shade room and all of a sudden there's like all these people being like, you know, he's right. Or like, la la la, you know, going leaning into this Christian thing. And so then I'm like, well, no, there are people that are like, to the point where they're being now it's being anti-semitic so i don't know i think it just depends on where you're at like in in yeah. what part of the world oh man kanye has just let me down so often and this is kind of like this is the last straw for me pretty much like his music i mean it's still good but it's it's hard to listen to it and enjoy it in a way that i once did it's like come on man it's like i gave him like pass after pass mm-hmm. after pass Cause I'm like, oh, you know, like he's an artist, <laughs> but this is one of the ones where you're like, you can't just wash this one no, away. No, it's he's really hard artist. to separate the art from the artist on that one. He's yeah. hanging out with Nick Fuentes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what a fucking trip! I I hope he has. I I, I hope he, I, I was gonna say I hope he has a come to God moment, which I, is like I'm like, do I do I really mean that? <laughs> um, but 
I think he already thinks he's came to God. That's the thing. I don't think he needs a come to God moment. Yeah. I think he needs a come to earth moment and just like to be real and authentic yeah. and like to really, I just think he's so convoluted like in what he says. Cause like some things he says, you're like, Oh, maybe. But then other <laughs> things he says, you're like, he's like, I love no. Hitler. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or just like also too, when he talks about, he'll talk about things on the broader scale and like political and stuff, but then he'll in the same note, talk about like Kim Kardashian and her taking the kids and him not being able to come yeah. home to see them. And it's like, those are two very different things. Yeah. Like you're talking about something that affects people in our country at large versus just something in your personal life yeah. that most of us don't give that much of a fuck about, right. you know, like, yeah, that sucks, man. I, I get that. That sucks. But this is not like a us problem, you know, like your marital problems are yeah. not. A, it's not a society's problem. And I feel like he confuses that. No, for sure. I, I mean, I think at this point he does. He also thinks he's a God, too. Like, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, he has I those songs. I am a God. Yeah. I am a God. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of hard to jam to. I was like the beats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> or even have black skinhead, right? Like black skinhead. OK, we the new slaves, you know, like all these songs. And even I was listening to some of the old, old music and um, I'm trying to think some of the lyrics too. He's like, they tried to blackball me, but they forgot about two things, my black balls. And I was like, oh, maybe people have been trying to blackball him. You know, he might be saying this shit that he says behind the scenes. He's probably been like saying this shit low key to like people in the industry. And this is probably just him now coming out full swing. Full swing. And I think also like. I think he's been anti-Semitic for a minute too. Probably. Like people were saying that, that, like for a few years, he was he's been like secretly yeah. a hit, like in love with Hitler. Yeah, and Nick Cannon too, right? I feel like Nick Cannon kind of recovered from he what he said. He did a good PR stunt, yeah, because yeah. he actually went and like talked to like some really high up there Jew, <laughs> and like the guy <laughs> brought him brought him back to reality, and and people respected that that he went to go talk with him, you know, and he was like, I've learned, I've learned, but Nick Cannon probably is still like a black Israelite, like deep down, you know, like I think he just he learned that you can't talk about that. Yeah. Oh my God. It's a shame that stuff is still going on like this after so long. I mean, and just Alex Jones, like seeing him with Alex Jones. Oh, and he made Alex Jones look like somehow like like a like a normal person. I watched that whole thing. I like I've I've also been so fascinated with this Kanye arc. Like when I should be watching good television, I'm like right. watching the Alex Jones and Kanye West interview. Right. It's like you're watching a house fire. Yeah. You're just like, what the fuck? What's yeah. going on? It's like the accident on the side of the freeway that everybody slows yeah, down to see. <laughs> but we all just need to keep living our lives. No, exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. And and like when it first started. You know, you're like, so what do you think about Kanye? And people would be like, well, you know, it's just sad. He's sick. He can't help it. Yeah. And they're like, he's not hurting anyone. But I was like, I think he is, though. <laughs> like, I think he is hurting people now. Yeah. Like, we're gave it a platform. And, and, like, and I don't disagree that, you know, he's sick. I'm sure he is. But, like, this is a whole nother level. Like, we're now, we're letting Nazis come out of the closet and like, that's not okay. Yeah. I'll be curious to see what happens with a new album. Like when he puts out a new album, how do people respond to it? And I don't know. Do people give him the platform? Like does Apple music, does Spotify put it on? Did they remove his music yet? I thought that Spotify removed his Kanye's music. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think at that point he might be fully deplatformed. I mean, he has his own little, he released some music device like at the beginning, like maybe it'll be on there. I don't know. Everybody make when they get blackballed, they make their own their own platform. Well, yeah. Right? And then he bought Parlor. 
um, oh. from uh, Candace Owen's husband, who totally probably oh my God. sold it, like took so much advantage of him. It's like already a dying app. I'm sure he bought it for millions and millions of dollars. So maybe yeah. he'll try and do something there. Yeah. I mean, there'll still be an audience, I'm sure. It might not be the audience. Well, there's it might a, be the audience he wants. There's a lot of Kanye stands still. Like, unfortunately. Yeah. I could come back if if he, I don't know what he would need to do for me to come back. I don't know. It would have to be a lot. Yeah. See, I've never really been a fan of like his newer music anyway. So I wasn't like, like I was a little bit, oh my God, I can't believe it's him. I was a little bit more sad when I couldn't listen to R. Kelly's music anymore. Oh, Like for me, yeah. I was like, ignition. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. R. Kelly is, that's, it's rough because he has so many good songs. Yeah. Like, in terms of, like, actually liking their music, I was kind of like, uh, you know, with Kanye. Once, like, flashing lights and all that music started coming out, I was just kind of like, um, I'm okay. Like, yeah. I, I liked Gold Digger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gold Digger was really good. I may have been listening to some R. Kelly music recently. Maybe. I, <laughs> <laughs> I like, hesitated. I was looking up this old school group uh, called Next. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. of them? They have Wifey. Was like the, I don't think so. Yeah, it's pretty old. I'm sure school. if I heard it, maybe. I was kind of surprised that I knew of them because, like, when I was looking them up, like, the, like the record came out like around when I was born. And I was like, wow, this song must have been really good that it like stood the test of time. Right. And I could have been like nine or ten years old, and like it was still bumping. Like people were still playing it, but they were interesting because they had like two big hits. Um, I actually had an epiphany about hit music too. I was thinking like this is kind of a tangent. I was thinking about one hit wonders and these people, but um, it's kind of like, do you ever feel like people's hits that are that good? It's just, it, it's not that their next music is bad at all. They could still kind of be hits, but it's just hard to live up to that hit that was so fucking good. Yeah, I think that's true. I do. I, I do also kind of think that people kind of get lucky too though with right those right one hits. like I, i'm it's very hard for me to listen to like an album all the way from front to back like i'll usually find like my one or two songs on it that i like and then like stick with it so i feel like it's just like the odds like, <laughs> like yeah what? that's true because you can have a really well produced song yeah too. that could be it so i guess it depends it kind of depends on the situation with next i feel like i was fighting for them you know even though they're probably like in their 60s now right. i'm just like come back you still have a I'll, shot i'll have to listen to them yeah the they're really wifey. good yeah, That's their song, the song is Wifey. Wifey. Yeah, okay. it's it's such a good song. It's an amazing song. Yeah, That's like how I, I want you to listen to it. Let me ignition. know what you think later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I did notice on Apple Music is they still have R. Kelly's music, but they don't have an Essentials playlist. Mm. So you know how like you can listen to Essentials on most artists, which is a really interesting way to like support but not support. Yeah, like you have to <laughs> dig through it if you want to listen to that. Like think about your choices when you're scrolling through this album. And it made me take pause. Yeah. <laughs> But also I noticed when I was listening to him again, I was like, he, you kind of hear it in his music, his entitledness and stuff. Yeah. Cause he's like, he's always like his own hype man. Like he'll sing a bar, but mm-hmm, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like, you needed somebody else. Like he just, he's like his, in his own, like, uh, what's the word? Like kind of like Kanye, like Demi, I want to say, what's the word? Demigog or like, uh, I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. Like he's in his own head about like his t- choices he's making and yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it's creepy. It's he, he released a new song like two weeks ago through jail, through prison. I saw that. It, I, it was up for like thirty <laughs> minutes, and then they took it off. I read an article about it that was saying that apparently I don't know what to believe because they said that 
one part, one source said he did release new music and the other source, because it was like, the title was like, I admit it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the other source said that someone else released that and then that's not real. But what was weird is like, it was like an official record label that did put it out. Yeah. Which I was like, why would they, they would have the proper things in place to yeah. not put and it, it out. And it sounded like him. It sounded yeah. like if he was recording in jail and had like, you know, like maybe a little bit of auto-tune, but like it to- definitely sounded yeah. like him. Yeah. And I mean, for him just to admit it, I mean, yeah, well, he was like, he was like, yeah, I love the younger girls, but like, like he's like, he says, I love all ages. Um, and for you to like basically being like for you to call it, uh, like pedophilia or whatever, like that's your opinion. And I shouldn't be here based on your opinions. Wow. Yeah. It's like, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like we all know he did it. Yeah. I don't know. No, for sure. Like he's one of the ones where. When I see it, like, on the shade room, everyone's like, good, you know, like, yeah. like but then, like, when the Bill Cosby stuff comes, that people were like, leave this man alone. I'm like, dude, <laughs> like, like, and everyone's just, like, defending him, like, yeah. you know, like, crazy. Um, so, it, uh, yeah, it's crazy who people choose to believe and, like, when they don't know any of these people. <laughs> the only person, I well, I shouldn't say the only person, but one very famous person that I do give the... A little benefit of a doubt is Michael Jackson. Okay, okay. I mean, there were some good documentaries. To there were, yeah. I mean, there there is a lot of evidence that he could have done it. He might have done it. Yeah. But I give it like a fifty fifty. Yeah. I don't know, and I don't know. Maybe it's because I love his music so much. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to think that he did that. But I mean, I do. I mean, he obviously was a twisted guy. I mean, maybe not in the sense that people think he is, but yeah. you know maybe he just was like a kid inside and I mean, just didn't see the stories. inappropriateness in some of the things he yeah. did, and, but maybe he didn't cross the line. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. I mean, the things his think? dad did to him are horrifying. Yeah. So I'm almost like, I'm almost like, like, I think if he did do it, like I literally think that there was no way he wouldn't have with the things that his father was doing to him, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. and the abuse that he, like, obviously you can be abused and not abused, but like, I guess I'd be like, well, like you guys like fucked him over like yeah uh, i don't really have an opinion on it i kind of think that he probably was a little bit inappropriate (laughs) um i you know maybe it's not to the full extent but i mean i don't know i i I don't know like um, he was technically like his ruling was technically like oh like reversed right like kind of recently um i'm not 100% sure yeah I don't know. I would love to hear like Macaulay Culkin talk about it one day. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like he avoids, maybe he doesn't like to talk about it. Doesn't want to get involved. Yeah. So no, he just completely yeah. doesn't talk about it at all. Those guys but. on the HBO special that came out like three years ago or mm-hmm. something, like they were so explicit about it. Like the stuff that he did, quote unquote, like it was, it was pretty gross. Yeah. I was like, uh, I don't know. You know, I, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, he did it. But then yeah. afterwards I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to ask him yourself when. I know, in the afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. So, what do you have going on after this? Um, I work at three. Actually, yeah, I work at three um, every day. So, I like usually have my mornings to audition and stuff. Cool. Um, and then I have acting class. Where do you take acting classes? Um, I've been with the same teacher who's a working actor um, named Sal Landy. And, okay. uh, it's usually Thursdays, but he also does a cold read class Tuesday. But since the week holidays, whatever, it's tonight too. Um, but it's scene study. So it's like 
you and your partner get a scene and then you read it and as many times every week until he thinks it's great and uh, then you get a new scene so it could be like two weeks three weeks or whatever but he's like he's very much like a like he's like old school he studied under stella adler um and he started the class with like george clooney back in the day like he's he's been friends with all of these a-list actors um and did the whole scene he's just kind of one that didn't turn into like an a-lister mm-hmm. but he's watched the whole hollywood scene like right. like you know like i think he like went on a date with madonna like like he's been in the scene you know um and i just love him so there's there's actors that come and they'll never come back because like he'll stop your scene like he's not going to tell you what you want to hear just to take your money and if you can't like handle it then he's totally he's not going to convince you to come back he's not going to baby you about no it. Like, like like my that's first, good. yeah i love like my first scene i did because i didn't have any uh, his like any experience he stopped me like 10 times and was like just in and out in and out in and out and because i just couldn't get what he was saying and then he just finally was like just just sit down and like sat <laughs> me down he's like why do you want to be an actor and i was just like did this whole like thing he's like okay now say your line <laughs> like yeah and, yeah and 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 he's yeah he's good he's really good and he knows wow. if he needs to keep pushing you he'll be like you know if you want to be a mediocre actor you can be a mediocre actor like if you don't want to take my advice like <laughs> um so he's he's very very uh tough but I, I he's like he reminds me of like an actual coach like like an athlete coach yeah he's, and, keeping and he's it an real. athlete too so he's yeah he keeps it very real yeah is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here um what do i want to plug um, I mean, I guess my social media, follow me on TikTok, um, Hovita Meets World. My Instagram is Orchata Minaj. Uh, my sketch group is Women of Color Anonymous. And uh, you can read my stories at Ola.com. Hell yeah. Dope. Well, thanks so much for coming through. Thank you for yeah. um, having me here in Sun Valley. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs>